welcome folks this is your host prabal gupta and you are listening to the capital analyst our guest today is sarthak ahuja sarthak is a partner at sandeep ahuja and company with 10 years of experience in tax advisory startup consulting deal advisory and business modeling at the age of 23 he probably became the youngest ever to become a ca cs and cma while completing his bachelor's in finance from college of business studies university of delhi He was a gold medalist in his MBA at Indian School of Business and was also the recipient of Directors Award and ISB Young Leaders Award. He runs his own YouTube channel with videos around financial planning, tax laws, startup consulting and book recommendations and has over 12,000 followers on his Instagram channel. Tune in to have an inciting discussion on being a CA in the new economy with Sarthak. Welcome to the show Sarthak. How are you? Thank you, Prabal. I am very well, and thank you so much for the very kind and generous introduction. So, uh, let's begin right away, Sarthak. So, what I have observed is that there's sort of a black box around what CAs actually do. Like, if you ask people, they would vaguely say things like accounting or saving taxes or something in that direction, but no one actually knows what exactly does the job of a CA entail. So, can you start by throwing some light on that? Sure. So, I think. Um... if we were to start with what the ca curriculum teaches you you know there's there's finance of course which includes corporate finance not personal finance there is uh, tax planning both direct and indirect uh, there is a lot of accounting there is auditing which is checking of accounts um and cost accounting management accounting which are all verticals in accounting essentially basically they teach you how do you analyze financial data better for decision making in any organization which could be either to optimize costs or to optimize taxes uh, something of that regard and and possibly building uh, maybe mis platforms and reports so that the management can take a better decision um this is what they teach you but of course depending on people's interest and work exposure um cas may choose to either get into only direct tax planning or only indirect tax consulting or doing accounts outsourcing or auditing which is a very big area uh, because every company which is registered needs to mandatorily get audited by a chartered accountant so that i think is is one area where almost every ca wants to uh, you know kind of contribute in some way because they also feel a sense of there's a license attached to their signature in audit so yeah those are the primary areas but of course if we talk about new age things like what is really happening in today's time uh, so you know with with a lot of globalization and you know um, what what you would call globalized economy in that there's a lot of transfer pricing like for example uh, companies set up multinational organizations in different geographies and do transactions to be able to optimize tax and evade taxes so a ca would need to then evaluate whether any such shenanigans are in place where things are being routed through a particular entity solely for the purpose of avoiding taxes and i think a great part of a lot of ca's earnings also comes from giving people legitimate ways legal ways to kind of plan those taxes so yeah those those are fun things there's also forensic audit where if you want to uh figure out what kind of frauds have happened so you know diagnostic analysis on financial reports and financial data um which is new there is now in in uh europe there is there is the gdpr guidelines which is general 
data protection regulations. So CAs are also getting into GDPR audit. Um, then, you know, as, as part of startups, there's valuations, um, there's corporate law advisory as to what kind of instrument to use to raise funds, um, how to circumvent laws around it um, lawfully. So yes, that's, that's your general domain. Can you give an example of an interesting problem or case that you worked on in your practice that better illustrates one of these points that you talked about? 100%. So I think, um, you know, how almost people from every kind of uh, function or, or academic background would agree that what you read in theory is a lot of times very different in what you really actually do at the workplace, which I think is, is one of the biggest um, gaps in the current education system, which a lot of new age at tech platforms and companies are trying to fill. Basically, skill people for actual tasks they will be doing at the workplace. Now, um, if, if you were to talk about things like, uh, you know, how would a startup value itself? If I were to pick any book on valuation, which is probably out of the many you can see behind me, you know, there's also one mergers, there's, there's another valuation I can see on the rack next to me none of them actually tell you how startups are valued there are some new age books from new people um, who are into all of this valuation but and you know they, they're picking maybe theoretical concepts from these old time concepts but how it's done now is is very very different so you need more than just having background knowledge I think for any CEO or any professional, be it a medical professional, a tech professional, electronics engineer, they just need to be so updated with the number of changes in, in everyday life and in everyday business to be able to perform better. Which is why a simple example like startup fundraising, when I got into this domain about five years ago, uh, where, where I got a startup founder coming to me saying, I want to raise funds. I had absolutely no literature in India to refer to, to even learn how to go about doing it. And I had to order books from the US and understand all of that from the, how do VC deals really happen? Like there is this wonderful book called, uh, you know, Venture Deals by Brad Feld, um, which, which tells you about VC term sheets, negotiate them, how to draft those agreements and contracts and navigate yourself through all of them. It was extremely surprising to see that um, there was nothing in India. Gradually identifying this gap, there is VC Circle by HD Media, which is trying to organize a lot of, you know, events and programs on uh, venture capital terms and how valuations happen. And especially with the boom in the past two, three years, um, a lot of people have started finding content online through which they could educate themselves, but still as part of like, theoretical papers or, or academic books, a lot of this is not there. So I think a great deal of my learning really happened when I started working with startups. And, you know, so I come from a CA family where my parents are also CAs and they've been in practice for 35, 40 years. And they feel, okay, if you were to ask them, okay, what kind of business models are there? They'll probably tell you there is retail, there is services, there is manufacturing. Okay. And then if you talk about important financial ratios, they'll tell you gross profit margin, net profit margin, so on and so forth. But 
in today's time if if you know there is e-commerce and you know and and there's a marketplace model and there's a saas model and there's a um, transaction based model and there's an enterprise sales model so business models have really evolved and changed and even financial metrics now is, are not limited to net profit they are about you know linked to daily active users and gross merchandise transaction value and what not which is why i think uh, for for or a world of today it becomes so much more important to just be learning every day and build a system in your life which ensures you are learning every day so if i were to talk about um my experience with startups fundraising when i started about 5 years ago i had a lot of learning which was a lot of fun um i have um audited for uh, entities like who india which has exposed me to the workings of not profit international not for profit enterprises in india and there it's called a propriety audit because there is no tax compliance nothing because it doesn't apply to an organization like that so you essentially you need to put like a, a detective's lens to figure out okay where are leakages how can i block them and i believe a lot of those assignments have actually made me feel i am uh, acp pradyuman from cid because i need to figure out you know evidences to show that this employee is actually leading to a lot of leakage for the organization so yeah those have been those have been fun projects these days i get a lot of queries around um setting up crypto hedge funds and you know setting up of daos so it's just evolving with new questions every day which are very interesting so uh, my next question would be sarthak that why is it so hard to become a ca in the first place huh so you know how they say that uh, everything requires smart work and hard work i feel if one were to look at the uh, proportion of how much smart work and hard work is required for doing any particular thing while of course smart work is necessary there's a lot of hard work that goes into becoming a chartered accountant and um, i think one it's possibly because the sheer body of knowledge that one has to study across those 10 exclusive subjects um and you can't just choose to be like i want to be an expert in these two subjects which should qualify me to become a ca like i only want to study direct tax and indirect tax you will have to perform well in all of them uh that's one the second bit i think the the fear in people's minds about the course also adds to the to to really crippling them in being able to like face it with strength and and clear the exam um i think a lot of it also comes from the fact that these days most ca students tend to believe that no i really need to take coaching to become a ca i think what that does is somehow in their mind it tells them that i cannot be a self learner you know when that happens when you're so dependent on your teacher or professor to tell you that this question is important or this topic is important then you're trying to depend on someone else feeding you information i think some of that is definitely important from a strategy point of view but if that becomes your entire go to gospel or bible for how i will crack my ca exam i think you're placing the faith in other people's capabilities over your own so i think one could really crack you know crack that as a problem and figure out that yes i really don't need to depend on other people's notes and teachers to kind of teach me and just just focus on this i think that really 
possibly maybe ease out the burden for children a lot more plus it will put them in the right mind frame to be able to keep learning even after qualifying because that's what will really help them work sure great now that you talk about like this framework of learning as well as being good at examinations i want to understand from your perspective right from your college days to completing ca cscm and even at isb you have already been at the forefront of uh, being a great ac- academic performer so do you feel that this is something which is an innate ability that some people just get things quickly and they are good at scoring marks and clearing examinations or this is something that can be perfected over time or that takes a lot of effort to build upon so i'll tell you honestly i have never been a top academic performer and i'll i'll give you more context for it so even the gold medal that i got at isb was for all round excellence so i was balancing academics with a bunch of other things that's why they gave it to me there was another academic topper who got the gold medal in my ca exams while i passed all of my ca cs and what not in the first attempt but for a lot of these courses i was lucky and blessed enough to have passed it right just at that 50 mark you know where had i gotten one or two marks less i would have completely flunked um even back in college i remember um in in undergrad in the second and third um terms i i had horrible marks like i had something close to about uh 60 and and my parents were just horrified i was also horrified but of course i couldn't i found those subjects very difficult but in the subsequent terms i decided i'm going to take this learning in my own hands i went to the library every day would take a book back home make notes from it you know and then make my notes in a way that before the exam just two days before the exam i have this body of knowledge that i need to refer to which will just completely prepare me for what is going to come so i think one is the willingness or willingness to learn i think that curiosity is essential if you don't have it for a subject then you need to have in equal measure a push or or ability to work hard so either it's your curiosity which is fueling you to kind of work towards something if you don't have it for a particular subject then it's your hard work which is which you can you can burn the oil and you can put in the hard work to kind of go through so i think you need a mix of both the, your you can be born with maybe some talent in a few areas but possibly not all and as they say so you've heard of like a a, a jack of all trades master of none but i think it takes much more effort you know to be a great jack of all trades because in today's time and age you can't say i'm only going to learn this and be in this field and you know forget everything else mm-hmm. you need to be able to pick up with equal pace in everything because the world is evolving so fast so i think academics even in today's time is either fuel through your curiosity or through your hard work there has to be both that's that sounds great so now talking about curiosity you have mentioned a lot about the importance of reading on your youtube channel as well and you keep giving us these good book recommendations so i want to know about what role does reading play uh, in in one's professional career as well as in personal life and is there anything called smart reading like the second part of my question would be is there anything called smart reading okay so i'll start with reading i think reading is a big part of my learning so in my uh, in the system that i've set up for myself for everyday learning a big part is um 
setting aside about one hour daily just to read uh, newsletters and content related to subjects that I like and I'm curious about every day. So over the past four or five years, I must have subscribed to about 300 newsletters or subscriptions, which kept distilling down to say right now I may have about 30, 40, which I know I have to read. So, but I have discovered those 30, 40 bases, my interest and my liking after having gone through 300, 400 over a period of time. So that discovery has been there now as a system only so that I keep pushing myself to read on a consistent basis. And I'm not just reading when I like it. Um, every Sunday I send out a newsletter, which goes to anyone who's ever been a part of ISB in the MBA program. So Every Sunday morning, they get a newsletter, which has three of the favorite articles that I've read during the week. It could be anything from, from culinary to art, to culture, to literature, to business, to self-development, to personal finance, anything at all. So anyone, regardless of your functional background, can, can enjoy those three articles. And that's because now I've built in that system and I have that pressure that I need to read enough every week so that I can find three gems that everyone would appreciate and learn something out of. So that's my system. So I have to, even if I don't have that shortlist, which is why that system is important. Now coming to various modes of learning. So you can learn through video, you can learn through audio, you can learn through books. So in the night when I know I fall asleep, if I'm reading, I prefer video so that I continue learning. If I'm driving, I'm in transit where I can't hold a book or read. Then I listen to podcasts through audio learning and during the day when I'm on my computer. So I do, I have times, time slots set aside for online reading and books, which are either digital or even physical. Now, why I feel that reading has probably given me more to learn out of is because there are so many other distractions in audio and visual that I think when you read, even if think of when you read a storybook, you know, your mind begins to visualize what is happening. So I feel you get more involved. It is more active rather than other forms of learning, which are more passive. So I think you grasp more when you read. Um, and it's also my way to kind of keep training my attention to be at something for a longer duration. So just to keep building that discipline in a world where everything is reels, everything is TikTok, everything is shorts, which is why I think it's, it's important. So reading is absolutely essential. Uh, coming to smart reading earlier, I was just obsessed with that. I have to read a book from the preface to like the right word of the last, like last word of the last chapter. If I haven't done it, I can't check it off because there is that moral responsibility. How can I say I've read this book when I haven't read the last two pages? So, but now I've realized that, and you would see this with a lot of books, basically there would be say four or five ideas at max, which are being explained with a lot of examples. Um, and when you, and I think smart reading comes with when you increase the quantum of your reading after a point, you're able to identify, okay, what idea I'm absolutely certain I know. So I'd want to move on to the next idea. So, you know, which is why I think it's about taking takeaways. And when I make content, I try and fit some takeaway in less than 45 seconds or less than one minute. And I've realized that if I have to take on a new topic, I may possibly have to read 20 pages 
to take out just just those two insights so while other people who are consuming my content i want to give just those insights um, but i don't know how much they will be able to retain by just watching it once and appreciating oh great idea in comparison to if i read 20 pages over and over again about it and being able to extract that 40 second extract so i think i also have that selfish interest in creating content that it's pushing me to be a learner and it's it's giving me so much more so i think smart reading after point is essential otherwise you're just wasting time makes sense but does so, that answer yeah yeah definitely it does answer and actually i recently subscribed to your sunday snippets as well and i'm looking forward oh, you to you did yeah yeah i'm looking forward to read it and i also leave a link in the description for the viewers uh, to check it out uh, awesome. so uh, now let's talk about entrepreneurship and by entrepreneurship i don't mean setting up a startup i mean a different kind of entrepreneurship which is probably very underrated right now which is a practicing chartered accountant now if if you look at the numbers i recently crunched some numbers and there are over 3 lakhs cs in india and more than 40% of them are practicing chartered accountants which is a kind of entrepreneurship so i want to know how did you decide to join uh, your family firm after doing an mba from isp what were the initial challenges you faced when set, starting your startup consulting and things like that right uh, so i think pre isb or or post my undergrad when i was doing my ca i think i kind of had blinkers on where i was like okay i need to do this academic course and i need to do these courses and i learn something and i'll probably make something out of my career where i did it uh, soon when i did realize that you know the market is kind of saturated and i need to look for real problem areas where there are gaps in the market that i need to fill i understood that there is a big need in the sme like bharat entrepreneur space about good business consulting which right now is not happening uh, so all your top companies would go to like a bcg mckinsey kearney or some such for for consulting uh, all your sme businesses actually depend on their cas ke cas aap se discuss karenge wo batayenge kya karna hai and cas just is like a therapist listening to all other business owners problem and giving very generic you know answers uh, which which pretty much any any person sitting with a drink in his hand can talk about business i felt i kind of wanted to change that and um, my deal was that okay now i'm not going to identify myself as a ca i'm going to identify myself as a business consultant but i want to help family owned businesses or small entrepreneurs with insights that will help them scale up you know so i could try and fill that gap so i remember even when i went to isb as part of my application and even during inter- the interview so uh, ankur variku took my interview for isb i remember and he asked me that um, do you really want to go back to your family practice or buy you then doing your mba and i said an mba basically gives you two things one it gives you the brand so you're getting branded by an institute which gives you some sense of recognition in the market about your credibility and second is the access to that network so i said i want access to that network where people are learning and they're the best in their industry so that i get access to it i get that body of knowledge and then i can be like one medium to disseminate in the world um when it came to in the middle of the year to uh, sit for placements and all that was happening i think it took a great deal of courage for me to uh, sign that form saying that i'm i'm not going to sit for placements and i decided i'm going to help everyone else 
in this batch right now in whatever capacity i can to upskill and to help them get better placements by by kind of heading the volunteer um even what not um i think soon after when i came back to the practice i started focusing on things like no code so i would look at okay my my um the existing clients in the firm in the family firm that there are manufacturers and what not and i would feel a lot of things they're doing very traditionally or they're just looking at their accounting data from from only tally or the reports that a simple accounting software like tally is generating and i felt that it was really necessary for me to develop mis which were customized to their particular business so i started from that which is a very ca thing and then i started finding no code tools which we could easily build into different aspects of their business and increase efficiencies so i think that's where it started and um again a great deal of what i do is coming from learning is coming from curiosity is is the base has come from the degree but a great deal of what i'm doing is coming from other sources which is why i feel that um now the question comes okay you've identified a problem you are creating content or you 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 figured out some solutions now it's about scaling it up so my focus right now is okay if right now we're solving this for specific entrepreneurs and generating value and possibly getting compensated for generating that value now i would want to uh, generate that value in at a much larger scale so for for scale you either need tech or you need media so i'm like okay let media be the platform through which i achieve some scale where after a point we can start productizing all of this one way to productize is is possibly through cohort based courses you know easiest way to kind of start something and then keep building on to it so i think any person who's coming into becoming a ca now needs to think about a problem area which need solving and whether it can be scaled also got it and you have talked a lot about the things entrepreneurs get wrong uh, when they are setting up their startups or when they are raising funds or when they are managing their business what are one or two key critical things that you have seen people get wrong again and again and that is something that has a lot of repercussions for their business i think uh, these days with a lot of founders i meet they all tend to feel that money is going to solve the problem so the first thing is understanding can you can you really also solve a problem without funding in the first place funding is going to help scale it is not going to like making a minimum viable product i think if i sit and i am educating a techie on what all no code tools he can use to just put together an mvp to pitch to investors maybe build some traction at that point i feel that this person is probably just attaching his success to being able to secure a certain amount of funding because he's constantly feeling the pressure that if i am an entrepreneur somehow to prove to my friends and family that i am successful i need to raise some funds so i think that is a very common occurrence which is which is coming about so there needs to be a mindset change that you can be a zerota you can be a bootstrap company and reach that scale so uh once people try and start 
understanding that you don't need funding right from the word go and how can you solve that problem and scale it up without funding in a bootstrap fashion i think that's that is one core question really you can keep taking out problems in the business model from that and start plugging them that's one part uh, second is um i still feel a lot of founders from from the best of institutes do not have their numbers you know on their hand like they don't know their numbers like the back of their hand which is essential so i help them build build mis statements which need to be updated in real time so i think that is necessary so they all know data is important but if you were to ask them to compile their north star metric they'll be like yes i'll get back to you on it and they'll probably work on it for two days validate it and all of that and come back sorry you that's not how you can you can scale up so i think it's primarily these two things having data on a real time basis on just one or two key metrics and the second is knowing as ca students would think that merko jab tak koi tuition nahi padhayega i can't pass so self learning which is why jab tak merko koi funding nahi dega maybe i can't be successful that that myth needs to really be busted that's that's great advice sarthak so as a person who has been juggling on so many things and has been successful at all of them do you actively monitor how do you spend 24 hours a day or do you feel the way we define productivity is overhyped these days and you don't really need to be that conscious about these things so i think for people who've seen my excel sheet at times they they just think i'm like i'm a psychopath or something so <laughs> i've had, <laughs> i've had my phases where um i'm not tracking that particular sheet right now but i've tracked it for over a year where where every day like the amount of sugar consumption the number of push ups the amount of exercise i've done the number of steps i've done the amount of reading i've done the amount of learning i've done everything was getting tracked um but i think it was only to begin with till the time i realized it became a part of my being and it became a habit so then i realized okay beyond a point maybe i can stop tracking my uh, sugar intake or i can stop tracking because it's become a part of me now i i just like food a particular way or so you know that's when it stopped but yes i do track a lot um so everything is on my calendar in fact at times it's a little too much because my parents are almost like ki tumse baat karne ke liye to matlab appointment leni padti hai i i feel really like embarrassed when they say that so i'm like okay i need to cancel everything else and sit with them right now um so yes i think it just gives me more control over my time it helps me balance things out better but of course don't don't be crazy like that like i think there has to be a healthy balance track something which you want to develop as a habit once it becomes a part of your identity don't obsess over it because then your habits will ensure it happens got it and how important do you think is personality development or networking or public speaking or communication when it comes to your professional career the context in which i am asking this is like in the past jobs like jobs in finance or even job like c has been very technical and it was kind of believed that if you get the numbers right if you are good at what you do you don't really need to focus on the other aspects of things is it changing right now do you feel in the new economy the latter part will be much more valued than the technical part so great question uh and 
this is something that Nasim Taleb had had mentioned that if I were to find a surgeon who who looks really smart and very sophisticated uh, to perform a surgery on me, and another who looks like a butcher, and both are at the same same standard, you know, in terms of skill. I would go with the one who looks like a butcher because he because he would have put in so much extra effort to get to where he is today than the other guy because the other person's personality would have kind of put him there faster. Which brings us to the point that personality, marketability, presentation, communication helps you scale. So till the time, uh, till a few years ago, where technology wasn't mature enough to help you scale and your CA practice was limited to the city that you're in or the place that you're living in. So you'd be like, okay, I'm the CA here. Anyone around my area, any business owner who needs CA services can easily find me and he'll come and I'll be able to solve that problem. Now, when the world is your oyster, you realize that the more scale you have, economies of scale also come in services. You'll be able to provide more of that value to more number of people at lesser cost. So why not be more marketable? Um, which is why... Um, I think two years ago, I was uh, speaking with someone from, from one of the big four and I spoke to someone in their marketing team uh, and they've had marketing teams for a very long time and branding team. And I was just hoping and thinking that, you know, someday we should also have like someone focused on marketing because I believe it's that important a function to help scale. Uh, so basically during my MBA also, my specialization was strategy and leadership and marketing. I did not study any finance courses at ISB. So now we have a marketing team also, which I like to be a part of. So yes, I think it's important for scale. Got it. And so you have already mentioned that one of the key problems that you encountered while starting up was lack of educational resources around this field of startup consulting. What are the other key problems that you faced uh, when you decided to start this business, get clients, scale it, that you had not really anticipated and that were kind of setbacks in this journey? I think uh, the HR aspect. In fact, just this morning while having while having my shower, it, it just occurred to me and I was like, HR, you know how people make jokes on LinkedIn about HR, just makes rangoli and HR this. And today when we're reading about the great uh, resignation, you know, and around the world, people are resigning from jobs and um, wanting to get into freelancing or making money from other avenues. That's where it, it really comes down to that understanding. Again, if you can understand your employees, I think where people say we're a customer focused, you know, thing, I think uh, your organization's focus has to be, okay, customer is first. But employees are very, very quick second. Because basically, it's your team, how they feel. Do they feel rewarded enough? Do they feel acknowledged enough? I think that's very important. So I think HR's importance is also going to increase many fold, especially with work from home where people have lost that, you know, physical connect of being in the same premises of building a bond the responsibility of an HR focused person to constantly think of how to make people feel more acknowledged, have them contribute more. Um, 
developing frameworks and systems around that i think has become all the more important and you know how they say that there's idea and there's execution i think this is very hard to execute and it is such a such an important issue so hr is is essential more than at any other time in the world that's that's really a great insight sarthak uh, so my next question would be that what has been your one key learning from ca and from mba and how have they been two different or complemented each other so i think ca uh, as a course taught me the discipline that persistence is key so consistency and persistency wins over talent luck everything else that's my take away from the ca course and uh, from the mba it is data is king so i think before that i would try and do things consistently but i wouldn't track it despite being a numbers person after my mba all of a sudden i realized the importance of putting a metric to everything and quantifying it because that's when you really see progress and you can identify problems the very basic learnings but but i think that's that's the uh, base on which i can kind of trying to build my life uh great uh, another question sarthak would be that these days you hear a lot about financial planning and how being financially independent financially independent is so important and there are a lot of books lot of youtube videos plenty of material to read and i i understand that every person has a different financial goal and objective but i want to know your opinion on how do you look at financial planning and what are some of the key things you keep in mind while deciding upon your investments okay so i think what really happens in financial planning or or information around financial planning is you need to understand it's a cycle so you know when people say there's a chicken and egg problem <coughs> there is a cycle here which starts from you earning money first is income then comes from that income you subtract costs then whatever guest gets left is your savings which you invest all of your personal finance material and information is around this aspect around investing but the most important elements of personal finance is upskilling which increases your income and the part about costs about not letting your lifestyle expense like go higher as you start earning more so being more minimalist as a person or you know like keeping your costs low and i think it takes great deal of active management to build more income upskill it takes a great deal of discipline to keep your costs of living low than it does to just put your money somewhere and see return coming which is why as a popular concept it's it's investments which is more popular people like where do i put my money because they don't want to focus on these two if you are like if you are looking for for say you you have an investment which gives you say an 8% return and you are looking for a 12% return you know so you just finding that differential of 4% people will break their heads over but if you were to just you know maybe reduce your costs of living this month by say 10000 that's given you much more return then that additional 4% on on your 1 lakh of investment pool can possibly do so i think people miss out on this active part of financial management or personal management uh, which is why from an investments point of view 
my focus is very clear in in my portfolio uh given my age a great deal of it is going a lot of it which goes into the markets is is going into passive funds only on a consistent basis as an sip so i really don't care if the markets are going up down whatever i'm like this pool is getting built the take care of it so quite honestly my investment journey is in the entire month is just one day in the beginning of the month where i just transfer an amount to a to an index fund and that is it the entire month is then focused on upskilling and earning more and maybe consuming less during month great uh, now since we have already talked a lot about reading uh, i want to know what is your favorite book and some of your favorite newsletters that you would recommend others to read as well uh books are so many but uh, quite honestly i think uh, sapiens is something i thoroughly enjoyed when i read it it just kind of blew my mind and i really really enjoyed sapiens so that if you want to i mean we'll also talk about other genres today so just yesterday i gifted my best friend a copy of um, palace of illusions by chitra banerjee um which is the mahabharat like mahabharat the, the it is draupadi's perspective on it mm-hmm. i think it's a wonderful book uh, so i loved reading that at the time i did i quite enjoyed reading uh, the almanac of naval ravikant i think it's a mm-hmm. short read i i finished it recently uh what else um other of my favorite books i think we we should also talk about aha uh-huh, so you you mentioned newsletters so i really enjoy reading this one newsletter uh which is at publicpolicy.substack.com so it's i have never studied public policy as a subject Mm-hmm. so that's my only one source on <coughs> learning about how to manage people and you know governance and all of that so you know how i said that earlier people would obsess over professions then the world came to obsessing over b schools so after b school comes maybe like you know learning public policy as a course which is why i think that's that's a great uh, newsletter to be subscribed to Uh, apart from that the easy ones are ajvc you know which which a lot of people for startups it's i think it's a very basic one but publicpolicy.substack if you want to take take this one i have never recommended this on any other channel ever so let this be exclusive to your podcast yeah thanks thanks a lot sarth so uh, usually when when you are trying to do something new as you are or taking on some challenges or making a mark for yourself you always look for some kind of inspiration so i want to know who has been your mentor or your inspiration in this new journey that you have undertaken post your mba so i think my my inspiration comes from okay so this is something this i was going to give like a more philosophical general <laughs> answer but i'll give specifics now so uh, there is this one gentleman called dr vivek bindra i don't know if you know about him if you looked him up he has about 1.8 crore uh, youtube subscribers and he's a motivational speaker and a business consultant so to say <coughs> and his focus is on tier 2 tier 3 cities of india so i remember initially when i watched or i came across his videos i was just like a little baffled by the um, maybe the manner in which it was delivered which did not really appeal to me Um, as an audience and i realized it wasn't targeted 
at me later i wanted to understand uh, okay what is you know more than 1% of india's population is subscribed to him so i wanted to understand okay what is the business model really like how much is he earning out of uh, youtube ads or what what is it so i was so intrigued i went to the mca website i downloaded all his companies financials i started studying it and i figured that uh, youtube ad revenue was not even 1% of his total revenue then i delved deeper into okay what is it really that he's doing and i think at some point when when i got to learn more about what he's actually doing i got so inspired i was like this is the most kickass person like i have known in the past 10 years and i think in in that respect um it just so also surprisingly uh, very recently about a month ago i got a call from someone from his team saying that we want to build a course and we would want you to be the professor for it and the past two days i was shooting at his office uh, for a course for say again people in the in tier 2 tier 3 uh, cities so yes i think um, about 9 10 months ago i was trying to understand his business model and just yesterday i was at his office shooting this so which was also in a way like quite inspiring but yes if you do find the chance you should definitely look up the business model and find out more about what this person is doing it's insane that's that's really interesting sir again i would be looking forward to know more about this course when it drops out finally uh, so uh, last question for today sir so it, it so let's say that it's the year 2011 and you have just about to graduate uh, from college of business studies with what all you know today like what is an advice you would have given to your younger self at that point of time i think i would have uh put in better systems around learning so when i say systems around learning you need to have cues you need to have rewards like a system of cue and reward on a daily basis to ensure that you're learning so i think that would have been established sooner a lot of data tracking which is important which i do now would have started sooner yes these two things yeah and finally any advice for ca aspirants right now especially that i think ca exams are about to begin next week so anything for them okay so not for not for the people who are just taking those exams but generally just believe in yourself more than you believe in your teacher That's... so yes teachers are like pura matlab full full shat shat pranam and naman to all of them genuinely like i think i've learned a lot from my teachers there's no denying it but you need to have more confidence in your own abilities in life because teachers are going to be with you till a particular time and handhold you across something but you have to hold yourself and push yourself through all of life so believe in yourself much more than you do that's that's great advice sarthak uh, thanks a lot for your time sarthak it has been a great conversation got to learn a lot got a very good list of recommendations that i would like to check out and i would urge my viewers to uh, check them out as well thanks a lot for your time sarthak i hope you enjoy it thank you pleasure absolutely 100% that's a wrap from our end folks see you on the next episode